to Inspire with Sean. My name is Sean, and thank you for not only inspiring me and listening to this podcast, but also inspiring others as well and sending those positive vibes out there. So I've been like traveling around America, and uh, in like less than a month, I've been everywhere almost. <laughs> uh, I hit, well, I started off in Washington State, and um, I took about two days uh, to get to Lemoore, California, also known as the armpit of America, I think. Um, place hasn't really, like, proved to me um, its uh, worth, and uh, I think, like, with time, it probably will, but um, to be honest, like, it's just like living on Whidbey Island. Uh, minus water all around you. Instead, you've got like, you know, pretty much four different highways uh, directionally that you can take and you can hit like anywhere. So um, I think like with hitting uh, Lamore as my new home uh, place uh, that I'm calling home for a while now, uh, it'll be interesting to like go to the Sequoias, hit up Fresno, San Diego, Sacramento. Um, there's like a lot of things that I feel like I can do there. It's just a matter of like when, really. So it was really fun to be there. Uh, I immediately uh, got to meet my, uh, my roommate and my sponsor, whose name is Mark. And he's pretty much like a carbon copy of me. So one of these days I'm going to get him on the podcast and uh, it's going to be like wild to have the two of us um, conversating over uh, whatever we do. Um, he's actually a really cool dude. Uh, it's actually just like really uncanny like how parallel our lives are um, with some respect. So that was like really cool. Uh, so Washington State, rainy, Oregon State a little bit okay like it started to like snow a little bit down by like the Medford area so that was kind of shoddy to like drive through um and then California was just sunny and uh just an amazing drive to go through and uh it was really easy just to get to California and so I should set up shop uh for two weeks and um set up my home set up the studio and then uh, two weeks later, I'm heading off to Florida. So um, I decided to take the I-40 uh, across through Arizona, uh, New Mexico, which is supposed to be the land of enchantment, but I have yet to be enchanted by the place. Um, I think it was seriously the longest drive. It was 12 hours. I, I got from like Lamore to Flagstaff and that was about eight hours and then from Flagstaff to Oklahoma City because like I have friends and I have family who live out there so I thought it'd be like really nice to go and visit and um so it took me about uh, about 12 hours um with shoddy driving uh to get to Oklahoma City and then uh uh eventually like I just spent about a day and two nights there and then the next morning I headed off to Jacksonville Mississippi uh stayed the night that was another like 
practically eight hour drive. Um, we had to go through Alabama and then Mississippi and or Mississippi, then Alabama and then Florida um, through the whole trip. And uh, it was it was actually really nice. Um, and also like, well, shoot. I had to go from Oklahoma City southbound on I-35 and then cut across on I-10 to go across to Jacksonville. And um, and then there was like some weird highway like 58 or whatever it was that uh, got me to go across in a diagonal shape, I suppose, uh, to uh, Pensacola, Florida, where I am now. So. A lot of like it, it didn't seem like I was actually in the south until I hit Jacksonville then it was like I hit the south um, and it was it was really like amazing just to see how the tropic differences uh, across America like really do um, bleed into one another and it's just it's seamless you know from like the evergreen state of Washington to the marshlands of uh, Florida it's it's been really cool to experience that not that I haven't like ever traveled like across America this is my second time actually being in Florida so um, I'm not new to it but what I will say is that as an adult experiencing the uh, the area it's like experiencing it myself as opposed to vicariously just being like oh well I'm here um <laughs> it's completely different uh so while I was in Oklahoma I got to hang out with uh family friends and that was with um my best friend's parents um Linda and Larry and their son and um so we all got together and it was like a, a top secret between me and Linda that I was going to be um uh, in town so she got uh, everybody together to have a uh, dinner and uh, uh, we all met up had a great time um, before that um, I hit up my friend Travis and um, actually it was like probably on the trip to Lamore to Flagstaff that uh, I called up Travis and I said hey like I'm gonna be in town I would really like to see you and hang out with you for a while um, like a day um and two nights like would that be cool and he was like yeah that would be totally sweet i was like sweet awesome because i need a couch to surf on <laughs> so um so we were hanging out and then i of course go to dinner and then um head off to uh my friend melissa's house my best friend melissa's house and uh so i so she didn't know i was in town either and um she gets off work rather late so I head off to her place and I wasn't I didn't think I was being a creep but apparently I was being a creep um, I pulled up to her house and uh, I, I come over to the door and I knock on it and like I hear people in the house I hear her boyfriend Manny's there and all that and I hear the dogs and and etc and they're barking at the door and then um, I ring the doorbell and she's like, who would ring the doorbell at 10 o'clock in the evening? And I'm just like, it, it, who else would, 
<laughs> in my head. Like, of course, I would be the only person that would uh, knock on anybody's door or ring anybody's doorbell at 10 o'clock in the evening. Like, that, to me, that's normal. Um, but uh, then she looks through the peephole, and I totally forgot that I was looking out into the street and, like, looking at her uh, flower beds uh, in the front yard. <laughs> And so she couldn't see anybody except for someone who was in a blue hoodie. And then I went to the door and like I kept on hearing the dogs bark. And I was like, well, maybe if I keep the dogs barking, like someone's eventually going to knock on the door or, you know, open the door for me. So I was like leaning towards the door. I was like, hey, princess, because like her dog's name is princess. And um, then uh, I was like, Melissa, open the door, Melissa. And like nobody answered the door for shit. Like it was like locked down, like somebody was going to steal the house or like there, someone was going to get kidnapped apparently that night. So <laughs> so she eventually opens the door after I text her and I'm like, it's cold outside. Let me in. <laughs> and um, so we got to hang out for a couple of hours and it was really fun and we got to catch up and all that stuff and uh and and yeah like the next morning um i woke up and i was over at travis's place and um he's got a ps4 and uh you know back in the day when we were teenagers or young adults um we would spend weekends where we would play uh silent hill over at his place on the ps2 and uh whatever and uh how we would do it we would have a little caesar's large pizza a bag of dill pickle chips and a soda that whatever like mountain dew or some shit and we would spend the, like this was our weekend gig but, like we checked out on the weekends and just specifically played the video game whether we won it like that beat the game that evening or that weekend or whatever maybe it was like a couple of weekends that we were working on a specific video game and trying to get like 100 percent completion across it and so i remember our first video game was silent hill 4 we did it like way out of order because well we only had three and four and neither of which were are are related to one another and so uh this is going to be my silent hill podcast i guess um where i'm going to nerd out on silent hill and the lore and all that stuff but uh i've done vlogs about it and i've done video game reviews for silent hill because it is like seriously a cornerstone of video gaming and i think if anybody wants to be sold on silent hill this like me talking about it should be it so it is honestly like one of the godfathers of survival horror video games it was developed by a really small group of people um in japan back in the day and um even like even like the nuances of like the limitations of the video game helped out the video game to be such an iconic piece of um art as well as the music and the sound effects and then like every single time you have um a silent hill uh uh, development a uh, new video game it it just amplifies and ups the next uh, video game in like just different ways but also like with each installment in a while like after a while like as a player like and as a gamer myself I've noticed that like 
you know, you get to that point where you stagnate in the same stuff. And then you don't know, like, you sit there and you just think, like, well, what could be more interesting? How can we reinvent the wheel, I guess? So I played on Silent, I played Silent Hill 4, The Room. And it's a really fun video game because it incorporates first-person and third-person video gaming in a Silent Hill uh, uh, survival horror video game. And uh, it has a lot to do with uh, a particular character named uh, uh, Walter Sullivan, who is brought up in Silent Hill 2. So we played that game. And it took us like weekends and weekends to beat it. And then uh, we went on to Amazon and bought Silent Hill 2 and then played that game. And Silent Hill 2 has nothing to do as a sequel to the original video game. So we just played that game uh, through and through. And um, again, like I said, it only had like a few um, uh, little gold nuggets that had like anything to do with the old one and anything to do with the fourth one before the fourth one was ever even conceived. Um, tidbit, Silent Hill 4 was never actually con like made to be a Silent Hill 4 video game. It was originally supposed to be its own video game, but then Konami was like, oh, I guess we need to have a Silent Hill 4 video game, so uh, let's just slap the name Silent Hill over this video game and make it a thing. Okay, cool, so they do that. And uh, so after we played Silent Hill 2, Travis and I, we um, again went on Amazon and bought Silent Hill 1 and then totally did not realize after two hours of playing this video game that you had to have a PS1 memory card to save the video game. <laughs> so I'm still trying to get over the Lamore air smog bullcrap that I just like inhaled for like the past month. So um, if I cough any, it's like that's pretty much the only reason why I'm like coughing. Um, okay, so uh, we get the Silent Hill 1 game. We're playing two hours of it. Realize that we screwed each other over with not having a like a PS uh, memory card. So then we decided... <laughs> one night that we were just gonna like leave the game on pause and just let the machine run all night and then we'll just like go get a janky you know memory card uh from a GameStop the next morning we killed that ps2 machine like it would not operate afterwards like i guess we overheated it or like something so we were in a bigger shithole than what we originally started off with because we didn't want to have to log in another two hours of video gaming which we inevitably had to do in the first place so silent hill one if you or silent hill the video game if you if you play it um know that it is a dated video game it is pixelated um it's a lot of cube squares and all that stuff but the atmosphere and the story behind it is like amazing i've never i've never found a video game that was so captivative um and intriguing and just multi-layered and um has ever had like such a profound uh style you know, that, like, honestly, you just, you can't re-stamp it. And 
the movie, if you're gonna like just not even play the video game and just watch the movie Silent Hill, it does a really good um, job of um, attempting to tell the story of Silent Hill. It's just that as a gamer, knowing the material and then watching the movie, uh, there there are things that they have um, either neglected or that they decided as a creative piece to change. So for example, in the movie, the main character is a woman and in the video game, it's a guy. And not that I care whether it's a dude or a chick. I don't want to hear, you know, like, oh, a chick can't play the main character because it's, you know, how it is in the video game. I'm just saying, like, as the narrative rolls, Harry is this guy who's got a daughter named Cheryl and his wife died a couple years back. And so one day they decided to go on a vacation and um, in the midst of this fog rolling in, again, a car accident and Cheryl's missing and Harry is wandering into Silent Hill trying to find his daughter. That's the beginning uh, thesis. And the movie picks it up as there's this girl who's having uh, dreams about Silent Hill and so her adoptive mom and dad are like, well, let's try to figure out how to cure her. Dad's like, oh, it's all mental. And mom's like, no, we need to take her to Silent Hill. So she does. And um, same song and dance, car accident, daughter goes missing, and now we've got Rose, not Harry, wandering into Silent Hill and uh, trying to find her daughter. So those are just like the little like changes, but like also at the same time, like nowhere in the first video game was there ever a pyramid head. And um, if you go into the lore of Silent Hill, you'll realize that he's more so a monster as a or a, 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 a boogeyman that is there as a judge of you know character to the characters that he does uh, interact with which is like all of two people um, and even the second character that he you know manifests himself in front of it's so contrived and it was it's so uh, fan serviced. It's it's horrible. Um, but at the same time, like you know, when you go for long periods of no Silent Hill, like anything Silent Hill is pretty much like the best thing on the face of the planet. So we'll just take it as it comes. Um, <laughs> and uh, that was pretty much Silent Hill Homecoming. Um, so we're playing Silent Hill 1, we get the new PS2, we're playing the hell out of it, and we rocked it, and then we played Silent Hill 3, which is in itself the actual uh, sequel to Silent Hill, the video game. And uh, then that was like pretty much it for a while, and then Origins came out for the PSP, so the two of us are playing on PSPs trying to figure out how to beat this game, and um, then afterward... Uh, homecoming came out and so at this point like you know i'm like not living in oklahoma and um the two of us are you know corresponding about video games and like how the um video games are and stuff like that um but i will go on to say that uh homecoming's a strong game just minus the whole uh blatant reflection of how the 
video game was mirrored as a movie with you know specifics that were changed and then it felt like homecoming was like trying to mirror the video game as a tie-in of like this is how it's supposed like this is just normal you know and things that would be like reflective is like first pyramid head uh second um these characters called the order um which is like a mini cult group or whatever and then uh which honestly like isn't really like such a big footnote that everyone like in the Silent Hill universe tries to make it as and it's like it's such a footnote guys like honestly it's it's not even a thing um and uh and then like just kind of like the weird way that like finally you know in Silent Hill Homecoming you've kind of got this character who's actually a badass as opposed to the past four schmucks or five schmucks counting origins that um are just clunky at trying to be um fighting you know what I mean and um and it 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 was actually kind of interesting but at the same time like it just kind of felt like I was too juiced up to be uh, fighting monsters and ergo like the whole survival part of the horror that is is like completely undermined by this you know jacked up you know Chris Redfield like character uh, in a Silent Hill universe so that's kind of like up to homecoming and then my memory kind of gets a little shoddy so I believe there's a Silent Hill Shattered Memories and that was pretty much like Silent Hill the first video game just reinvented and retold and one way that they did it was they <coughs> they uh, kept all the characters they added like two new guys and uh, yeah she's in there too okay so anyway so I'm like thinking of like the characters I was like was Lisa ever in the video game Shattered Memories yeah she's in there um so uh here we go so you've got Harry you've got the missing daughter Cheryl and then um you've got Dahlia Gillespie uh you've got Dr. Kaufman and Lisa the nurse um and you meet like all these characters but it's just it's reinvented and retold in a way that like as you complete each level it brings you closer to the truth of what may have really happened vice what we've been led to believe as what the first video game perceives the video game as or the story as so here you are just beat a bopping and uh eventually you realize that maybe the way that the ending of the first video game was didn't set you up for the multi uh, uh, strands of a uh, universe that Silent Hill actually really is. That maybe just all these things are normal and it's just this contrived uh, storyline or this contrived like mentality that this young girl named Cheryl is in. So hashtag spoiler alert, apparently, if you have never heard or seen or played Silent Hill, but that's pretty much the the gist. Um, And then uh, after that, there was uh, uh, 
Silent Hill Downpour. And Downpour was, like, so on its own. Like, thank fucking God. I was so ready for this game. Um, just minus the part that the main character's name is Murphy. Um, like, I just wonder, like, why such a such a name. Um, it's like a last name, actually, for a first name. Um, you know, we've had, like, names like Harry, James, Henry, um, Travis, like, we've had a lot of normal or very atypical names that there's no way that, uh, concept names were like running out of like names to throw at people and I just I just, just kind of like picture like a whole bunch of like sticky notes and Murphy was like the target and someone threw a dart thinking that they were going to hit like Tom or Thomas or you know some other contrived name and apparently the because the dart landed on Murphy they just rolled with it and then they just had another fucking set of uh sticky notes and they were like last names Dunk. Pendleton. Pendleton it is. So, um, you're Murphy Pendleton and you're a, uh, you're an ex, you're, you're a convict who, uh, escapes due to a bus accident. And, uh, so what do we do when we, uh, get out of a, uh, a bus accident and there's absolutely no one around? We just, you know, decide to run away. Why not? So, the, the the game for downpour for downpour is like really set up very well. Um, the graphics still hold um, for for 360 standards, and um, there's a lot of side quests that are like actually really fun to do in downpour. That's actually pretty much where I feel the core of the game is that is in its side quests, which is like so bad to say that like even the main storyline is not so much a to-do, it's like, it's honestly like, the game wants you to be on the beaten path, and then like, at, like, pretty much when you get to the monastery, and you beat that level, the game goes, alright, you literally have one job, get to the, um, uh, the boat with your boat key, and can, and just finish this fucking game, like, it literally just doesn't care at that point, like, what do you do, so you've got all these, like, side quests of running around, uh, creating shadows in certain areas, or, you know, uh, killing ghosts, or, uh, finding the heart that was ripped out of a guy's body, and, you know, giving it back to him, and, uh, gosh, there's like so many uh, out there, like finding art pieces and then finding the buried treasure somewhere and all that stuff. So, <laughs> so like honestly, like with Downpour, great game. It takes a while to even get to Silent Hill. Like it seriously took me about 30 minutes, 30 minutes to get me sold into playing uh, and getting into the town, which is where you want to play. Like that's where the game is supposed to take place. And so it just, it takes a while for this horse to get going. And then once you get to the watering hole, you've got two to three areas you have to um, work to or work through in order for the whole map to open up. And then the actual core of the game is like all the fucking side quests that you just ran past for like the past 
you know, two hours, and then you finish it off by, you know, getting in the boat and driving off and starting the next sequence of events. So it's a strong, um, it's a lot better than Homecoming um, by far. It's, it's on its own. It doesn't reference too much to the past. Um, there are like little wickets, like, um, for example, you can walk into room 302, which is apparently in the neighborhood that Downpour starts off in. Um, where Silent Hill, where you are in Silent Hill and Downpour is kind of sketchy in comparison to like all the other maps that we've seen in the prior games. And, um, and yeah, like it was, it was, it's, it's decent. Like it holds up, um, I would say less than Silent Hill, Hill 2 standards, but like, um, definitely up there in the top two. Um, so then after that, after Silent Hill Downpour, um, <coughs> uh, something happened and I don't know like what, what someone was thinking, but somebody decided that Silent Hill needed to be a dungeon crawler and that's when I lost all faith in the franchise. Um, so they released this game called Silent Hill Book of Memories and what it's supposed to be based off of is an actual set of books that are found in Silent Hill 2, which are called the Book of Memories. And uh, the premises of this video game is that you get this book from Silent Hill, it has all your memories in it, and then the character sits there and goes like, well, what if I just change like, this one little detail? And then he falls asleep and then he's like woken up in this, you know, uh, dungeon crawler area where, um, you have to complete a task and then you can move on to the next level. Then after three levels, then um, you can go to the boss fight. And then when you beat the boss fight, you've got all this like next level shit going on. So main game strategy is that you can either be like good karma, bad karma. You have weapons that are going to break like two swings and like your chocolate bar like disappears. But like... Um, you know, you hold like a pencil up and you start beating monsters with a pencil and apparently it lasts longer than a katana in 10 seconds, you know, it's just really shoddy, um, game mechanics that were brought up back in, uh, uh, origins used again, kind of, sort of, but like less lenient, uh, uh, with all the breaking like downpour. And that's the thing is that like allegedly, you know, and downpour, uh, items when you use them as weapons can break. Personally though, it's never happened to me in that video game, maybe because like I just don't waste my time with monsters. Um, or I know how to pick and choose my battles, but like in Origins, it was crap. And in Book of Memories, it like, I don't know what happened. I don't know who got hit by the stupid bus. But somebody did, and they decided that, that was an okay decision. And, like, on a list of things that, like, don't belong in a Silent Hill video game is weapons breaking. Um, <laughs> it just shouldn't be. Um, so as you, like, build your karma, good and bad, like, it drives your storyline of, like, whether you're a good person or a bad person, whether good things happen to you or <laughs> bad things happen to you. And, um... 
So it was like a really weird um, uh, video game. It was just really, really weird. I, I've like probably made it all of like three worlds and then I was like done. There's like, you know, a shop where you exchange, you know, currency for weapons and like wearing certain things like changes you know aspects or there's like medallions and crap like it was just it was just weird it's a really weird game if you're not a dungeon crawler person then this is not your video game and i'm not that i i learned that really quickly so um so then uh i'm hanging out with travis and we uh you know are just playing on the PS4 and then I realized oh my god he has he has PT and so if you don't know what PT is PT is like this oh hey Germany won a gold medal yay for them um, <laughs> I'm watching the Olympics while I'm podcasting um, <coughs> um, so uh, Oh, biathlon. There you go. Well, Germany won the biathlon. Um, so, okay. So, Silent Hill PT. Um, so, the premise is that, like, this was supposed to be a portable, tra uh, playable trailer, or playable teaser. Trailer, teaser, whatever you want to call it. And uh, no one knew it was actually a Silent Hill video game, but there was, like, so many, like, red flags going up that were like, hey, this is a Silent Hill video game. Guess didn't know, like, <laughs> um, okay, so, premises is, it's a first game, it's a first person video game. It literally only gives you two buttons to play with, and that is a zoom feature, and then the, the X button. That's it. Otherwise, you can, like, go to the pause button, and, you know, um, change the brightness or change the accesses and all that stuff. So that's literally it. Otherwise, you're always going to be walking down this hallway. So <coughs> so you walk down the hallway and the first thing on your right is that you've got this plant, you've got these pictures, and then you've got the, you know, the alarm clock or the clock that's like always at um, 11.59 p.m. And then you walk down and then you see like a window and on your left is a dresser with a whole bunch of pictures and candy and pills and the telephone's off the hook and the lamp is on and there's a teddy bear on the ground and like it's just it's, it looks like a hot fucking mess like somebody somebody's wife was clearly not doing her job not that I'm being sexist but it, it, it goes a little further you hang a right. There's one more window, and then there's a door on the right, and that is the bathroom. But we'll find that out later. Um, you keep on walking forward, and you get to the foyer. Foyer, you have a door uh, to your left, and then you've got a coat rack. Above you is a chandelier. On your right is a uh, lamp, a picture of a husband and a wife. On the left side of the dresser or the... Um, I guess you would call it a Davenport, whatever the fuck grandma used to call it. We're calling it the Davenport. Um, is a radio with a plant. And the radio is like talking, is like giving you like the heads up of like what the story is and all that stuff. And it's like really actually kind of scary. Um, it's about uh, a guy who's coming home really, really mad. 
decides to take a shotgun, kills his wife, uh, kills his daughter, and then kills himself. So you go down the hallway just a little further and there's a door. You walk down four steps or five steps and then there's another door. And when you enter that door, it all resets and you're at the very beginning again. So what's the point behind this game? Well, every single time you go through this hallway, it, um, it keeps on either adding elements to the hallway or there's a task you have to complete in order to get to the next part. So eventually there's going to be a scene where there's this ghost that attacks you and then it's like the game resets. And then and this was like the really like the, the most difficult part behind the whole game was trying to figure out what to do in the hallway. Because eventually if you spend too much time in the hallway, the ghost is going to kill you. On the other hand, if you set off um, task one, two, but not three, and you're sitting there going like, what do I do? There's like no way of knowing until like you're sitting there going like, oh, um, I guess this is supposed to be a thing. Huh. Thank you, internet. Um, <laughs> like, honestly, this was like one of those games that like if I did not have like a flow chart of like okay so first time entering this needs to happen second time entering this has to happen third time entering this has to happen if I didn't have like that as a guide I would not have fun with this uh, with this PT um, and it's not just a matter of like whether or not not, not that I like to have the answers given to me it's just that I don't have a level of ineptitude to know that you're supposed to like this one video game I used to play called um, King's Quest 4 the perils of Rosella there's a scene or there's a particular sequence where you are on this stranded island and there's a pelican and you're supposed to throw the pelican a fish which is supposed to make it drop a gold medallion of some crap you pick that up and then you're apparently before you even leave the freaking island you're supposed to look around now mind you it's like 8-bit ms-dos bullshit video game right so even though it may act as three-dimensional there's no way for you to look around three-dimensional so you literally have to rely on the character in the video game to do all the looking for you and then it tells you if there's anything of interest around but apparently in this video game in this particular scene there is um, a piece of rope behind this sunken ship that's on the island and you would have never had known unless if you did the control search and then you told the computer to look around and then it would have told you hey there's a piece of rope here unlike PT you don't have that option you literally have okay here's your second time walking through this hallway hope shit doesn't fuck you up um and and just good luck to you really you know like who knows if you'll uh if you'll live or die in this situation so there's like moaning and groaning and you know ghost sounds and static and <coughs> a whole bunch of different things just going all at once 
or like crescendoing and decrescendoing into uh, really causing that fear factor to come alive. And so, yes, it is a scary as fuck video game. Like, I finding myself, like, panicking in this video game was hilarious. Um, I really, like, it's been a while since a place, uh, since a Silent Hill game has done that to me. Um, uh, to be fair, like, Downpour didn't do it to me, or didn't do it for me. I mean, there were moments where it was like, whoo, monster, and you're just like, oh, monster, uh die and then you're just like killing it but um pt like you really have no way of defending yourself so you literally have oh um <laughs> i just looked backwards or i just decided to turn around and walk backwards um 20 steps and i turned a, a left instead of a right and that ghost is now down the hallway do i walk towards it or do i not and you're just like I'm just going to go and restart this one more time because I don't think I'm picking up what this game's putting down. <laughs> and so um, eventually it got so bad that like uh, here I am with like a set of headphones and you wait until the clock turns midnight. You walk 10 steps until you hear babies laughing or children laughing. And then... Uh, you turn around and you walk back and then we like somehow we just walked into the bathroom and we looked right into the mirror and then the ghost was behind us and she was like freaking out but then she was like getting closer to us and we were like uh do we turn around or do we just allow her to touch us well eventually she disappeared so then in my headphones like you can hear her breathing like around you and it was really weird. And so, like, I looked it up and it was like, yeah, so the ghost possessed you and now you're walking around as a possessed person. Great. Awesome. So I'm just standing there and I'm looking at the mirror and then the children started laughing again. So then I ran over to the um, telephone and I said um, uh, something to the effect of, like, hello, Lisa, or, like, are you there, Lisa? And... Um, Lisa is supposed to be the name of the ghost and uh, which is supposed to be completely opposite from the Lisa that I had mentioned earlier who was the nurse in Silent Hill um, the original video game and Shattered Memories um, and Origins because all three of those all yeah um, <laughs> so anyway it was a really fun experience um, even if, like, my, again, like I said, my level of ineptitude was just not really there. Like, I was just honestly in it for, like, oh, it's a hill game. Like, it's going to keep on going. No. This was, like, some next level shit where, like, you had to really think about, like, what the hell you were doing in life. So, it was really fun. And um, I don't, I mean, I don't see why Konami didn't, like, capitalize on it. It was just, it was amazing. Um... I can understand why, but at the same time, I, I can kind of understand why, like, with the way that things happened, i.e., um, Hideo Kojima, he left Konami to go to his own video games. Um, this was one of those projects that, like, just didn't fall the way through. <laughs> and, um, at the same time, uh, uh, if you go on YouTube and you watch the videos, hashtag spoiler alert. Um, 
at the very end, at the end sequence, um, you see Norman Reedus, and um, it kind of implied that Norman Reedus would be like the next protagonist in the Silent Hill games. Um, well, because you're an actor, or if you're an actor or whatever, um, you have what is called um, uh, uh, royalties on uh, your image, on your voice, on your acting, on all that stuff. And so uh, the residual royalties for uh, him being in this video game had run out and they weren't going to um, keep investing into this uh, playable teaser uh, for Silent Hill. So they just completely did away with it and they were just like, yeah, if you downloaded it, you downloaded it. And you're one of those people that has, you know, Silent Hill PT exclusively on your PS4, but don't expect any updates, don't expect any, you know, uh, nothing from it, right? So whatever glitches are in this uh, playable teaser is in it, and then just, you know, good luck with that. Um, and then uh, it really was just like another final nail in the coffin that they just did not care about their product as Silent Hill, that, uh, you know, they just stopped it they just took it down and they said we're done with silent hill for who knows how long maybe there there'll never be another silent hill game and maybe that's okay you know what i mean they didn't really do too well with the movies anyway the first one and the second one um they did some honest uh uh interpretations of the video games uh per movie but there's still like differences like major differences in my head that like, you honestly, like, you have, like, the script from the video game, and it's, like, your job is to take that and then put it on screen. You know what I mean? And um, it would have been really just too, too easy to do. So, now it's going to come down to the last two things. Um, you had one job segment. So, <coughs> so my you had one job segment is now it goes out to uh this lady at the uh uh clothes shop so i get my clothes tailored and uh one piece of clothing particularly is a uh a hat that has a little um badge emblem on the top that i have to wear for my job and uh, uh i had already bought my cap and I bought, well, I didn't buy this part, but I was gifted uh, by my roommate, you know, the little badge that goes on top of the cap. And so, because I'm not a seamstress or uh, a person who knows how to sew very well at all, um, I went to this, I went to the sewing place uh, and I was like, hey, I need these two things sewn together, like, now. And... This was like just yesterday, so today's Sunday. Uh, this was Saturday, no Friday. Wait, what is today? So today's Sunday. Saturday I dropped it. No, Friday I dropped it off. Friday I dropped it off. Saturday um, was when it was supposed to be worked on, and then today was when I was supposed to pick it up. Okay, so <laughs> Friday I dropped it off, and I walked up to the lady. I said, "Hey, I need this sewn on my." on my cap and she goes okay well um 
I won't be able to get it back to you until like Wednesday. And how I looked at her, I was like, Wednesday, Wednesday for one patch on a cap. Wednesday. That's how backed up you are. Fuck that shit. Here's your one job. Get this lady to sew this thing for one minute, $3, one minute, sew this thing onto my cap. And she goes, um, no, you can't do that. Like we have orders and da, 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 da. I was like, I know you have orders. I am one of your orders, your potential orders. Like I'm not going anywhere. So you're going to eventually going to have to do this job. And, uh, I, I was like, what is it going to take for you to understand? I need this no later than Sunday. And she goes, Oh, well, I'll get it to you by Monday. I said, no, like you're not listening to me. Like Monday is not an option. Wednesday is not an option. You need to get it done by like tomorrow. And she goes, okay, not tomorrow, Sunday. And I said, Sunday sold. So she charges, so this lady charges me almost $4 for a small little patch, which I didn't even pay for, but I'm still like salty about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's still like a patch that's going on my cup. Um, onto my cap, which would take a minute, a minute. I've seen it done. I have had people sew patches on my clothes before and it takes like a minute. And this lady is like, acting like it's gonna be a four or five day uh, situation. I'm like, I'm not a leisurely person. It is now or like I'm going somewhere else and I will Google search the fuck out of this situation. So eventually, um, so this is like my my my, my thing here um, for, for the commissary and specifically for Pensacola. So they jack up the prices. So, so the prices for uniforms alone, okay, are out of this world extraordinary. Like I was looking at an Eisenhower jacket and it cost $103. Like that is ridiculous. It costs $54 just for a pair of trousers and then another $54 just for a blouse, which doesn't even come with the patches that you have to have sewn on. Like I don't even know what other branch in the world wears the specific uh, uniform types. Um, but if it's all U.S. Navy, why is it not all sold with just the U.S. Navy already sewn on there? No, excuse me. I have to go to a whole other wall and then have um, to pay another $2 or $3 for X, Y, and Z patch to be sewn on because God help me if I have to actually do put in the fucking work and the time and the money so that way I can wear the uniforms that this, you know, job, this career tells me I have to wear, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, uh, the sewing lady, eventually today at four o'clock I walked in and, uh, I showed my receipt and she said specifically four o'clock on Sunday. So I walked in and specifically four o'clock on Sunday. And I showed the lady my receipt. I said, hey, so my cover is supposed to be, or my cap is supposed to be uh, done. And she said, oh, honey, it ain't supposed to be done till tomorrow. And I said, wrong. I had this conversation with the lady and she specifically said Sunday, four o'clock. So 
She's like, well, honey, I guess I'll take a look. And so she walks over and then she's like looking around and like acting like she's, you know, lost in her own fucking job. And, um, which again, pissing me off the right fucking way. And then, uh, she eventually finds a coat hanger with a plastic bag with my cap inside. And she goes, here you go. Just take everything. And I looked at her. I was like, I don't need a coat hanger for the, I'll just. I like grabbed the cap and I was like, I'm just taking this. Like somebody else can use the plastic bag and the coat hanger, bitch. So, um, that's my one job. I mean, eventually I guess you could say she literally did her one job, but it was just, it was like trying to understand the struggle of like just trying to make that happen was really, really difficult, especially for like what should have like been, you know, a five second conversation it just it felt like I was there for five minutes and then feeling price gouged at now having to pay 25% more to make this bitch actually do her job at a timely manner right because if it's a dollar per patch or whatever the fuck their rates are I had to pay another 25% just to make this bitch expedite it. Like, no, that's not how this fucking, this is not how the sweatshop works, honey. Okay. Like you just don't happen to have, you know, 10 people on sewing machines and acting like you have such a high amount of people or a high amount of uniforms to deal with. That's not how this works. So, um, so this is my complaint, my formal complaint, um, about the, uh, customer service at the next uh here and um <coughs> now i'm gonna talk about what made my month my week and my day so what made my month well two things made my month well actually i'm gonna say what made my month for uh january was that i got to meet pretty much my carbon copy self and that was and that is my roommate mark and he's a really extraordinary guy and like i said i'm gonna get him on the podcast and we're gonna chat and uh really just, you know, shoot the shit for an hour. And then um, what made my week was like hanging out with my friend Melissa and hanging out with my friend Travis and just like really having like a good time and, you know, sharing, you know, taking photos and, you know, really just reminiscing about life and even just being there for him as a friend was just so much fun and really nice to do. And I just... I really miss that. Um, I don't miss living in Oklahoma, but I do miss the people. I think it is really the people that make the place, not so much the place makes the people. Um, and then what made my day? So I am what is called a fleet returnee. So what is that to, the, to a normal person? A fleet returnee is someone who has been out in the fleet and then returns <laughs> and mingles with people who have not been out in the fleet who have just started their career in the Navy and all that stuff. So, um, here I am hanging out at the, uh, uh, cafe, eating some lunch. And, uh, there was this guy, uh, hanging out and he was talking to another dude and, um, they were talking about like phase one, phase two, the rules, like, you know, here's ways you can bend the rules and da, da 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 And so my ear picks up on it and I was like, 
this is gonna be fun. So <laughs> I just started like asking like, hey, so are you guys like new? Are you guys like, <laughs> what's your jobs? Like all this stuff. So like just trying to feel out like, put the feelers out there, like who these people are. And um, one person in particular, this new guy who literally had just gotten uh, to school uh, yesterday, he was like, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm Undez and um, I'm, I'm, I'm APAC. And I said, awesome. I used to be APAC. And he said, you used to be. And then like, you know, the little red flags start going up and I'm just like, look, I'm a second class. I, you know, I'm an AZ. Uh, you know, I've been in for seven years and X, Y, and Z, uh, been on this ship, on that deployment, on this deployment, I've been to these countries and all this stuff. And I've used to live here, 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 and here. And just to see these kids and they just kind of like, and I say kids, like, it's so weird that I say that now cause I'm like 29. Um, but like to see these people. And like, it's almost like seeing a reflection that I'm like sitting here going like, oh my gosh, I used to be that kid. And I wish I had someone like me to tell them the reality of life. And so, um, over lunch, like, you know, I would ask them questions like, what did you expect from this? Or what do you, what do you expect? And, um, then like, I would just give them like the reality check of like, you know, just make sure that, you know, you do this, that, and that, and you will be good to go. You know what I mean? Like, get your quals, you know, make a good impression. You can grab any job you want because it's APAC. Um, and that, you know, it's really all up to him. So it was like, it was really fun to, I guess, see myself as an airman and have myself as a second class sit there and be like, you could do anything don't let anyone ever tell you differently you know so this is my podcast thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy um I'm gonna try to get more guests on um if I can find guests around here in um the great state of Florida um and if you happen to live in Florida and you're listening um and you want to shoot the shit with me Go ahead and hit me up on uh, on the interweb. It, I'm here. <laughs> There's no way that you can't get a hold of me. So um, talk to y'all soon. Bye.